0: I am so excited to have Christina Shands here today. She is a launch specialist and copywriter at Launch With Ease, and I am just thrilled and so excited to hear launch stories and tips and trials and tribulations and laughter and all of that. So welcome, Christina. Oh, Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you. I would love to hear about how you started your business and who you love working with. Absolutely.
1: So uh a started my business six years ago, I was working as a fundraiser for a nonprofit. And one day, things were going great. We were talking about next year's budget. We were talking about landing a huge million dollar grant. And then the next day, I walk in and my boss is like, we lost a grant. You're the only person that can go so high. You know, <laughs> so, so literally within 24 hours, I was at the Highest point of my career to the absolute lowest. And I thought, never again will I allow someone else to tell me, you know, how to run my life or what to do. Because, like, all of a sudden, I had no income. I had nothing. And I was like, oh, this is not good. I was not in control of my life. And so I started off as a fundraising consultant. And then I was doing nonprofit communications and then nonprofit social media just as a, a freelancer. I really did enjoy social media, and that led to a little bit more copywriting, and I ended up taking a, a course from someone who has a couple of, of online businesses that are in the you know multi million dollar area. And so I was on a call with her, and she was looking for – she mentioned she was looking for a junior copywriter. And I was like, hey, I think I could do it. Do you mind? And so I just kind of tested out with her and ended up working really well as a copywriter with her, learned from her learned from her team and she was doing a launch after launch after launch. I mean, she's someone who launches consistently between her two businesses. And so I got to watch, not only was I learning copywriting skills a really persuasive copy and how to write sales pages and sales emails, but also like how she launches these six, multiple six-figure programs. And so I just learned so much from being in the middle of it. And then from there, I was just like, you know, I think I can do this. And as a copywriter, it makes, you know, I was already working on sales copy for other entrepreneurs. And I you was know, like, you know, this sales copy is, what if you were to do this? And so little by little, I started doing little pieces of launches, whether it was social media for some launches. So I was doing community building, on you know, online community building, and social media challenges, and then I would handle a small launch, and then I'd handle bigger launches. And so it just kind of grew out of, I think I could handle this. Let me try. And so, you know, I've worked all different sizes of launches, and all different affiliates to social media to handling every, every aspect of it. And what I really love doing and who I really love working with are entrepreneurs that are launching for the first time. So they have a, you know, a one-on-one program, and they're launching a group program or an online course, and they're really just getting out there for the first time. And what I love about that is that I get to really watch them grow in their business. They, you know, launching really forces you to get clear about your messaging, really have a strong voice because you're being seen a lot more than you ever thought possible. You're writing a lot more to so your voice is to get clearer. And clearer or else you're not going to draw the right audience. And then, you know, a successful launch brings so much confidence to a business. And that's why I love working with first-time launchers. And, and, and launchers who are wanting to maybe go from a five-figure launch to a six-figure launch, and they're wanting to do it with a little bit more ease and a little bit more flow and alignment. And maybe they're bringing on, a, you know, a small team to help. And so it's really a lot of fun just to watch them find their voice, gain their confidence, and really see what it looks like to be in complete alignment with their messaging and their marketing.
0: That's so huge. Mm-hmm. Do you think... Is confidence like the biggest hurdle that, or what do you think is the biggest hurdle? It
1: totally is. Finding your voice and and being willing to be visible is huge because a lot of times they, you have to do so much more than you thought imaginable for a launch. You have to be everywhere. And that means showing up multiple times a day or sending up multiple emails in a week, like a lot more than you are maybe comfortable doing for most people. But it's the confidence piece. And what I find is, when entrepreneurs launch in a way that is not aligned with their true gifts and what they really love doing, they end up losing confidence. Whether they have a successful launch or not, they end up doing things that compromise their core beliefs or their desired feelings. And you know, like if they're not really comfortable on video yet, they force themselves to do a video training series and then all of these things. And they are really uncomfortable and they hate it. They hate seeing themselves. It's just, it hurt, like, And if they don't ever kind of get over it, then it really hurts. They don't want to do the next launch. They're, even if they have a successful launch, it's just more of a – it's difficult for them as opposed to someone who is doing stuff that they love doing or that there really is their wheelhouse. They get excited about it. The thing with a launch is it doesn't end when the cart closes. It actually starts because you have all these people that came into your world that you then have to serve. And so if you have a launch that you hate – And you have a launch where you're losing confidence and you're losing who you are. And then you have to turn right around and serve people that gave you money. And you're in a pissed off mood or you're upset with the way things went or you're disappointed in yourself. How is that going to show up to your paying customers? And so, you know, I really want people to have a launch where they end up at the very end, they feel confident about what they've done. They could feel confident about being a CEO in their business and running their business as a leader, and they look forward to the next one. Whether they have a huge success or not, whether they reach their goals or not, I want them to feel confident in their abilities to do it, and that they've learned a lot of lessons along the way.
0: Christina, what do you recommend for somebody who does have that hesitation with getting in front of the camera? Mm -hmm. With Snapchat and Facebook Live and Periscope being just so huge Mm -hmm. right now? That's where everybody is expected to be. Exactly. And it's terrifying it is. to people, including me. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> can't stand it.
1: <laughs> me too. And it's one of those things where, you know, to, as an entrepreneur, we have to stretch ourselves to be uncomfortable. And so we can't stay in our comfort zone. And so maybe a five-minute Facebook Live is uncomfortable but not unraveling. But, but maybe doing a 30-minute, you know, three 30-minute videos with lighting in a studio, that's probably – too much, so I, you know, I think my best advice is to find where your edge is and just go one step beyond it. And the next time that edge is a little bit further out, and you just go a little bit beyond it. And if you're not really big into video, do you know, do webinars, use photos of yourself so that people actually get to see a face with a brand and they get to connect with you. Do a lot more online. I do a lot of like Facebook chats where I'm in a group and I'm like, hey, for the next hour, I'll answer all of your questions, and so it's just me interacting in real time on Facebook. So you can find ways to still use your talents and connect. But it does help to do video. It does help to do, like, I really love Zoom because I can actually see people right in front of me. I can see their eyes. Skype's another one. So maybe you're doing small groups. Maybe you say, you know, you have set up trainings for just 20 people at a time. But you're doing a lot of them, but you're doing it for small groups, and you're actually getting to connect one-on-one. So, I mean, there are ways of doing it that aren't as scary. It may just take a little bit more time, or maybe you have to think outside the box. But don't do things that really are outside of your zone of genius, or have to, or if you really want to commit to doing it, build the support around you that's going to help you show up in the best light. There's nothing worth watching videos than when you hates doing videos, because you can <laughs> feel right? their pain, and you can, like... Yeah, I feel bad for them. I'm not actually paying attention to what they're saying. I just feel so bad that they're hating life and that they don't have to be doing that.
0: I think what is hardest for me personally, and it's probably hard for a lot of other people, is understanding the fact that just because somebody else is out there selling a product that's similar to yours doesn't mean that you shouldn't go ahead and do it yourself. I mean, that's a proven market Mm -hmm. to go ahead in. But finding that voice to say, hey, here's why you should buy from me. Here's what I'm going to teach you. This is why you need it. Finding that confidence and understanding that you're the expert Mm -hmm. or you're an expert. I've noticed a trend. Well, maybe not a trend. Maybe that's too strong of a word. But people know inside their heart that they're an expert or else Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be going ahead and building this course. But when it comes to actually telling other people that they are, there seems to be a block. Yeah,
1: we have this perception that an expert, you have to have some sort of degree or a PhD or have been doing it for many, many, many years. And, I mean, and that is certainly one way to become an expert, the 10,000-hour rule, you you know, all of those things. But depending on what you're teaching and who you're to, you really just need to know more than the person you're teaching. And you have to have experience in it. You have to be able to replicate it. But one of the things that I see a lot is, you know, someone's like, Hey, I just had a five-figure month. Let me show you how. And it's like, okay, you had one five-figure month. Come back to me when you've had six or 12 or two years' worth of five-figure months. Then you can teach it. And it's not necessarily that you have to have years and years of experience, but if you've accomplished something once, are you ready to actually teach it? I don't know. You don't have to have, like, a pedigree to teach something, but I do feel like you have to have done it and replicated it, whether in your business or in your own client's business You know, as a coach, a lot of times what my clients achieve is going to be a lot more than what I achieve because I'm focused on them, and so I always give examples of how my clients have done great things with my support, and so I can teach that because I've helped them replicate it, and I've replicated it in other clients. An important thing to remember is you just have to know more than the people you're teaching it to and be able to help them achieve those results. And so maybe you do a beta launch or maybe you do something that's, uh, hey, I did it this way. I want to see if other people can do it this way too. Let me run some people through this program and then let's see what results we get. And I think that steps missing a lot in our industry where people just automatically say, well, I did it. I'm going to teach other people how to do it. And they have no real idea of how to teach or how to Help others achieve the same results because they just assume that since they did it, others can do it too. You get into how you set up the program and how you create content, but as someone who you know, people come to me with their ideas and say, "I want to launch this." I have to be really aware and understand what they're selling and and what they're launching, so that I know how to position it and how to talk about messaging and who to get in front of if they're not clear about their ideal client. And it helps for them to know what the results are, what the benefits are, and what results people have gotten. And if you don't have those kind of things in place yet, then small launches, data testing, running a few people through it, and tweaking it, and then you know launching it on a larger scale is going to be a really great way of, of achieving success for a certain program.
0: Absolutely. And that actually leads me to another question for you. So somebody who's launching on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. and these are people, I mean, you said you, you love working with people who are going through their first launch, so they've already hired you mm-hmm. to help them, but I'm sure that some of them have to watch their spending in other areas. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the tools that you like to use in a launch, even for the webinar, mm-hmm. setting up their landing pages or anything that don't necessarily break the bank?
1: Yeah, I really love, you know, so here's the thing, it's like you don't have to use something like a lead pages or click funnels or something like that for a landing page. You can use your WordPress site or a Squarespace site or, or you can use something super, super simple. I use Instapage, which is I think like 29 or $39 a month and it's really simple to set up, super easy to use, but I also have Land Page Monkey and Optimized Press. So There are many other ways to create landing pages and opt-in pages and sales pages. So you don't have to go full out on any of those things. So I always tell people to start really small. I've got one client who's actually using her WordPress site, and then she's using Eventbrite for her shopping cart. It's not ideal, but it's totally working for her right now because that's what she's been using in the past. And she didn't want to learn all this new software for her first launch. So she's already she already had it set up. It's, it uses PayPal. She's using Eventbrite.
0: When people are having a really great launch mm-hmm. and they are using something like PayPal versus a merchant account or any of the other services are out there, I've heard that PayPal, when they see a larger influx of money coming in, that they might occasionally hold the mm-hmm. funds. Have you ever had a problem with that with any of your clients?
1: Um, not with any of my clients, but I've heard about it. And so what I tell my clients to do, and I've heard others say, "Don't you don't have to do this, but I always tell my clients to call PayPal and say, listen, this is what I'm doing. This is all the information you need to determine this is a legitimate program and this is what I'm expecting. And because I do that, I don't know my clients have had a huge amount of money held on their behalf, but we also have a backup. I also have encouraged them to set up Stripe. So if PayPal goes down, you can still accept money through Stripe. And so I always encourage both. So if one fails, the other one can pick up them because the last thing you want to do is not be able to take money.
0: Absolutely. And that
1: always is a nice backup, or to have Stripe with a backup of PayPal. A lot of times my Canadian clients don't like to use Stripe, they want to use PayPal. I always have both ready to go. And it's it's really like making sure you've got all of your ducks in a row, making sure that PayPal knows. Because here's the thing PayPal is PayPal's only doing it because they think that something shady is going on. So if you can prove to them that you have a legitimate business, you've got a legitimate watch, you are doing a sale, this is the price point and everything they're less likely to think that you're trying to scam people. And, you know, but if you're talking about bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars, then PayPal's probably not the best place for you to be in money. You really want to go after, like, authorize that or actually open up a merchant account through a bank or something like that so it's a little bit more secure and you've got less fees taking out and it's, it's something that can handle a large influx of income, especially if you've got international money coming in. Money from all, all over the country. So on a smaller scale, PayPal does just fine. Just let them know. Be aware. Keep up with the, the money that's coming in. Make, make sure that nothing's looking weird on the back end. Have a backup of Stripe. And you shouldn't run into any
0: trouble. Is there any other big point that you see entrepreneurs failing to do when they're trying to launch that anybody should do?
1: Yeah, they forget to go to their own list and their, their past clients. So a lot of times the first thing you want to do is start running Facebook ads. And, and running cold traffic to a sales page. And I'm like, you know, why don't you do a, I call them soft launches. Send it out to your list. Start talking about it to people. Go back to your past clients and see if it makes sense for them to go through the program or maybe they go the program as it. Go to your connections. I mean, we're all in these amazing Facebook groups. We've all got, you know, we've been to, you know, events. So we have other friends that are in the business. See if they can promote for you. See if they've got anyone on their list that's a good fit. Like start reaching out, networking, and see if there's any low-hanging fruit that you can pull from to start filling up the program. It's a lot easier to launch a program with people already in it than to launch a program and just run it to cold traffic. And that's what people want to do. It's a steeper mountain to climb when you're running to cold traffic because they don't know who you are. The the whole no-like, trust factor is not there. You have to build that into your pre-launch formula. It's just not as easy as just sending an email or two or three to your list and saying this is what I'm launching if you've got any questions. This is what's coming up. The cart opens on open next Thursday before my list you get in or you get in earlier with all the extra bonuses. There's something that you can do to people that already are in your world.
0: Have you read Launch by Jeff Walker? I
1: have I've read bits and pieces of it. I think it's, yeah. I think he's so brilliant.
0: Oh yeah, I have to ditto that. Bits and pieces, I have not yet finished it. But that's exactly the strategy that he used for at least his first and probably for all of his, I know I I get like an email every single day, it feels like sometimes from him, (laughs) but I don't delete Mm them because I'm always interested to know what he's got and also what his affiliate network is offering. And that's the type of rapport that you can build when you start offering value like that. Yeah. People do want to see what you're offering because they know that you're not going to send out less I'm trying not to cuss, but you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: um. yeah and you know and, and it's this thing of where everyone that's kind of starting out or you know are growing their business they think oh well I'll do that when I'm at that level well the people that are starting where you are right now are the next Jeff Walkers they're the next Marie Forleo's you just know who who is in your world who is going to have a program or a product or a business that, you know, that scales up rapidly and really grows big. So the networking happens at your own level, and we're all kind of rising up together. And we all will support one another. i see a lot of, especially in a lot of women's Facebook groups and a lot of women's circles, women entrepreneur circles. And you see like little, I don't want to call them cliques, but they're like, they all went through a mastermind together, and they support one another, and they promote each other's programs. That's what networking is about. We may work from home behind our own computer and be like solo in our business. Maybe have you know a team of one or two, but that doesn't mean that we can succeed on our own. And no business does. We have to network. We have to get out there and meet other people and support other businesses and team up to make sure that we all rise. And the bigger your network, the longer your reach of people that you can support and promote and on. Um, the more they're going to do that for you. And so the idea that you are in business alone is complete impossibility. You can't succeed
0: alone. And clearly you've been doing quite well in the Facebook groups. On your your personal profile, I see that you're followed by 437 (laughs) people. And I think that's like an important note, though. Even though you're out there networking in the Facebook groups and you get friend requests constantly Mm – You don't need to accept them all, but if you're posting a public post once in a while, you know, that's something that can be shared. I'm a mom of five. I don't (laughs) want people seeing everything that I post, right? Yeah.
1: I don't talk a lot about business on my Facebook wall, and a lot of it's because my life feels like it's, it's divided up into three parts. I've got my family. I've got my high school, college friends, like local friends, and I've got my online world, and they don't seem to intermingle. And yet, I know that when I do post something about a program or something that I'm really excited about, or or like I went to Vegas for a conference, a lot of my high school friends and college friends are like, what are you doing now? This is so cool. I want to hear more about it. And so I forget that they want to hear about all of my life and not just the non-work piece of it. So the more I do share my business with them, the more excited my family and friends get, the more they can support me. So for me, it's a good reminder. To not hold back and not just post, you know, struggles and challenges and celebrations and opportunities on my business, but to to use all of it and let everyone know. Because honestly, I don't know how many of my friends or how many of the however number of people I have friends or follow me are business owners or are interested in becoming entrepreneurs. I could be serving them, and I'm not. And so it's really good to think outside of just the circles that we hold online to right. those that you know. My neighbor across the street who's in her 80s is actually a, a music teacher. You know, could she use social media support? Maybe. Like, could she, could she create an online program and, about how to teach piano to, to kids? Maybe. Like, you know, but I don't talk to her about it, and I could. So, you know, it's like don't hold back who we are. And this is a note to myself. You know, don't hold back who we are or, or only share part of our lives.
0: Well, we're one month out maybe of the Candace Payne, mm-hmm. and by the time this podcast goes out, it's going to be a couple months out, but Candace Payne, the Chewbacca lady, I hate to say it like that, <laughs> but I think that's how she's recognized. She posted, a, what did she say, a, a simple joy yeah, or something yeah, like that?
1: simple joy and, in life,
0: yeah. Yeah, and look at where that went. Like, you never know what. Do you,
1: and, well, did you see that she got her own action figure? I saw that. It's <laughs> so, crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You just don't know
0: what people are but if you're not out there building your community, even if you don't accept all the friends, I watched that video yeah, like 18 times and yeah, and I made my husband watch it a couple times and we were both in tears, but yeah. yeah, I mean, and who knows what you might post and, and it, even if it's not business related, how it might resonate exactly. and it's going to spread and then it's going to build your audience. Yeah. And, and the thing
1: about, you know, launching and about selling is that usually people don't buy products. They don't buy things. They don't buy CDs or DVDs or or videos. They buy results and they buy from people. People buy from people and they buy results and benefits. And so if you don't come across as a person and if you don't show your personality and you don't stand for something and you don't take a position and you don't set yourself apart from everyone else, they don't know who they're buying from and they don't have that connection. Selling and buying are emotional actions, So you have to evoke emotions for someone to actually take action and if you don't show who you are or show up as human and have a personality that people can really relate to they may or may not pull the trigger and say yes to giving you their money or wanting to seem like would you want to spend the next six weeks with someone you don't like no so why would you buy a program from them if you don't even know who they are and so a lot of times with launches it's not just the messaging that needs to be shared it's personality it's the this is why I'm so excited. This is why I'm doing what I do. This is what I'm all about. This is why I care so much and why I'm showing up in your inbox a lot more than I normally would. Because I know that what I'm offering is going to help you do this, bring this result to you.
0: Christine, I think we're going to need to have you back. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you back for a whole other episode just about that. I want to thank you so much for being here today. And where can listeners go to find out more about you and ingest (laughs) more of all of your tips and and greatness.
1: Absolutely. So com is my website. And so you can go on there. I post a blog every once in a while. There's a launch planning toolkit that you can put in your name and your email address and grab a toolkit with five resources that I use with my own clients. You can grab that toolkit. You can find me on Facebook. Launch with Ease um, is my Facebook page. I love your launch is my Facebook group. And you join on, I put on put tips on regularly, we have writing sessions, we do daily prompts, there's all sorts of goodness in the Facebook group, and you can email me at launchwithease at com if you've got any questions, if you're stuck on a launch, if you want to do a quick 30-minute launch jam session for free, where I can kind of help you, take, you know figure out what your next step is on your launch, all of those ways. I'm pretty easy to find online. I feel like I'm always on Facebook or Twitter, <laughs> so... <laughs> find
0: one of those places awesome and i'll have all of this in the show notes but thank you so much this was so fabulous oh you're
1: so welcome my pleasure
0: hey this is kim sutton host of the positive productivity podcast and i just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode if you enjoyed what you heard and you want to share with others please feel free to do so I'd also appreciate your comments, your reviews, your ratings, and you can do that on iTunes or Stitcher, or even by clicking through to my website at thekimsutton.com and just leave a comment down below the podcast. I also want to invite you to send me questions at any time that I can address on one of the future episodes. To send me a question to address on a future episode, just visit my website at thekimsutton.com and click on the contact tab at the top. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I wish you a day filled with positive productivity.